Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with another of Ken's movie reviews. This week, we go over the movie Brightburn, which came out in theaters this last week. As always, we will begin the episode with a spoiler-free section of how well I think the movie would fit seeing it in the movie theaters, or possibly, maybe you should wait to see it on streaming services, possibly buy it on Blu-ray, or maybe just ignore it altogether or suggest it to somebody that you don't like so that they can possibly waste some time. After we go through this, we will go through the intensive scientific scrutinizing section, which is not really so scientific, but just kind of broken down into subsections of opinion. But we will talk about the cast, which can be up to 20 points, director, which can be up to 20 points, costuming and props, which can be up to 10 Location of up to 10, cinematography of up to 20, and then plot and writing for 20 that can add potentially to a grand total of 100. So let's bring it up from the beginning. Um, Is this a movie that you should probably go see in the theaters? Yeah, maybe. If you are a fan of traditional horror, this is not a traditional horror film. If you are a fan of comic books, it is not a traditional comic book hero style film. Uh, It's kind of a strange amalgamation between the two. Um, If you love both of those subsets and you are a fan of the guns, then yeah, you should probably see it in the theaters, especially since it's got a runtime of an hour and a half. So it really doesn't take up a real long time. Now it's kind of in select theaters. It was kind of odd. I couldn't see it in everything. The one that I wanted to see it in, it was not playing in. I had to actually go a little farther away, make a little more of an effort to see it. But uh, because I'm kind of into that thing, I'm glad I did. Now, for the vast majority of everybody, I think it's worth a view on streaming services. Uh, You know, 90% of people probably waiting to see it there would be best. But it is worth a watch because I think it was well done. I enjoyed it greatly. um, And I think most other people will too. Now, as always... Before we get into the nitty-gritty of everything, I do want to bring up just very briefly the fact that we do have a new Patreon page. Feel free to come on over and support the Pudding Guys in our effort to bring new content to you, new movie reviews, whether it's just me or whether it's me and my co-host, new top 10 lists, new interviews with very interesting people. We know your money is precious and we don't want a lot of it. Right now, we only have one tier. Just a dollar a month can go a real long way to helping us produce fine, fine content for you. Now into the spoiler-heavy section. All right, so let's start with the cast. Now, the cast is not real deep on this film. It really doesn't need to be in terms of uh, you don't have to have a lot of star power to make this one work. And then, indeed, you don't want to have a cast of thousands in this style of a film. So there's not a very large uh, grouping of individuals uh, that go along with making this particular film that we see on screen. But there are a couple people that do kind of pop out. Obviously, Elizabeth Banks pops out. She's been in just a ton of stuff. She's uh, been in uh, Zach and Mary Make a Porno, and she's been in Knocked Up, and she's been in a lot of rom-com style stuff. Now, my favorite stint that she did, I really liked her work on Scrubs, the television show. I thought she did really well with that, and I generally enjoy her in pretty much anything that I see her in. You've got uh, David Denman as the uh, dad of this particular film, pay, uh, playing Mr. Kyle Breyer, and uh, of course, uh, Elizabeth was Tory. Uh, now, David's been in a few things you may or may not recognize him from. Maybe uh, 
maybe a little bit uh, of a deeper cut, but you know, he's been in some good stuff that you might recognize his face from. Uh, Jackson A. Dunn plays the uh, Brandon Breyer, the son, the adopted son from another planet. He does an excellent job in this film. Um, he, he is able to kind of give that uh, straddling the line feel uh, very well that I think that they're, they're trying to get from the particular character in this movie. Um, now, he does have some previous uh, work uh, as well. One interesting thing, just kind of as a side note that I found to be cool, he was actually in Avengers Endgame. He was Scott Lang as a um, as a as a preteen, basically when he was testing, uh, going into doing uh, time travel, and came back as <laughs> as a kid. So that was rather entertaining to to find out. Uh, since it's in a suit, I didn't recognize him at first. Um, now, one of the other interesting. Uh, individuals in this particular film is Matt Jones. Now, for those of us that love Breaking Bad, you will recognize him immediately. Now, he's been in other stuff too, like Red State, but a very recognizable face. He's had a, a, a great deal of experience. Uh, or let me rephrase that. He's been in a lot of stuff I've enjoyed. <laughs> I don't want to comment to anybody's experience levels, uh, but uh, he's he's done really well in everything, and I've, I've really liked it. Uh, playing his uh, wife and the school counselor. You've got Meredith Hagner. Not been in a lot of stuff yet, uh, at least not that I found as an actress in terms of uh, in terms of productions that I can look up on IMDb anyway. Um, but uh, you also have uh, you know a, a solid supporting cast. The sheriff, uh, Gregory Allen Williams, was actually in Remember the Titans, one of my uh, one film that I enjoy watching whenever I can get a chance seeing it. That uh, that was always enjoyable. Again, not somebody with a large resume of stuff on IMDb, but uh, definitely very recognizable when you see him. And then, of course, the last person I want to bring up is Michael Rooker is in it towards the very end during the initial roll of credits. Um, fantastic little little Easter egg. I mean, Yondu from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And, of course, he's been in just a ton of other stuff, too. And he's always fantastic. Um so as the cast goes, again, not real deep. They got a couple of qual. I about said got a couple of quality people, and that's not entirely fair or accurate. They got a couple of people that I recognize and really enjoy the work from, um, and everybody did a really good job in this particular film. I didn't see any instance where there were any, you know, glaring weaknesses or people that. Uh, maybe they had an interpretation of the character that wasn't the same of what the writer or the director wanted. There may have been some, you know, no, no, just down the down the row. Everybody did really, really well in this film, and I think everybody was cast very well. Uh, so in terms of casting, I think that was very good. Now, the only really drawback, the only real drawback that I, that I feel is it maybe maybe could have used one more big name, could have maybe propelled it further, but, you know, uh, you do what you do, and maybe that just wasn't the goal with this. Um, or possibly a, a larger roster could have been interesting. But I don't really think either either of those are, are really necessary. Um, I would say probably just the comparison of seeing who's going to be in it versus how it performed within the movie. I'd probably give that a 12 out of 20. Um, the director <clears throat> on this particular film is David... Yorvesky, 
Um, David has a handful of projects that you can kind of recognize um, through uh, some of the stuff that you can see. He's got some director credits. He's got a handful of producer credits. Um, nothing that I recognized in and of themselves. Um, I mean, it's got a Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno uh, as, as one of the things that he was in. Or not he was in, but that he directed uh, just this little short, uh, which I have not seen. I don't think um, that in and of itself would going into the movie make me mildly cautious, but I don't think it really was a drawback. I mean, again, a lot of times when I see major errors, uh, I lay them at the feet of the director just for lack of um, lack of any other problems. But nah, I think the direction just from what I can tell, everybody gelled really well together and seemed to be really in sync with the vision of the movie and the writing. So I think the, the director just did fantastic. I don't have a lot to say about the director on this one. Just a really, really good job. Uh, probably 17 out of 20 on that one. Uh, costuming and props. Um, this uh, There's not a lot of props in particular particular in this movie i mean again it's kind of short there's so there's only a couple of key things so um prop wise uh, the ship basically uh, as a prop it looked good it didn't look amazing it looked believable enough for its purpose it didn't have a lot of screen time the uh self-made um the take on the self-made superhero suit i thought that was very clever and, and well done uh, and then the execution of it um being very handmade, but still kind of somehow menacing in how it's, but that was, that was solid. That was really good. There really weren't any other kind of big things. I mean, it's, it's all normal costuming, you know, the sheriff's outfits, uh, waitress and outfits, uh, rural attire, you know, nothing that was just terribly, terribly, uh, out there or difficult. It all looked good. It all blended. Nothing that was a major problem in my mind. Again, we're going to just kind of zoom past this. Give that a 9 out of 10. Now, as far as locations, there weren't a lot of locations within the story. You had the farm itself. You had a couple of sections at the school. You had a couple of sections at the uh, restaurant, uh, at the home of the um, uh, counselor for the school and her husband. Uh, a little bit of roadway, not not a whole lot of uh, special areas. So not what I would call the most exciting set of locations, but it didn't really need to be. That really wasn't the, the purpose. The sets themselves looked really, really good. Um, that The house was worn as you would expect the house to be worn. Um, you have pretty much everything you need in the barn and every other piece of information works the way that it needs to. So nothing really glared out at me as being bad and uh, all the stuff that needed to be there was there. So I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Um, cinematography, which will include our special effects. The special effects were really, really good. Um, and there had there wasn't a, what I would call a ton of CGI, but there had to be a decent amount of it in order to pull off what they were trying to do. And a lot of it was distance shots so they could get away with a lot more. Um, and I think that was good both because it was easier and because it gave that kind of uh, quiet, not quiet menace, but you had to kind of, your imagination started to run a little bit, which is always good. And it was 
not what I would call a gore fest, but when there was gore, man, there was gore. Um, and it was good. It was, I can't say it was realistic because I've not seen situations that would really replicate that, nor do I really wish to research it to see if it's uh, going to be accurate, but it, it felt right. And there was nothing that just jumped out as that, oh, that's obviously fake and awful. It was all at the very least above average. Uh, and most of it was just really, really good. And part of it is because some of it is at speed. So you didn't get a lot of time to see it. And the practical effects with the glass falling into the eyeball at one point and the door being sawed in half with the laser within the one spot, picking up the truck in the other and then dropping it almost as a send up to the whole uh, Superman bit where he, where he picks up the, uh, the vehicle uh, in uh, the 1938 issue that you kind of everybody knows with action comics number one uh there are a lot of little twists uh to homages to things in this that are really enjoyable but i'm getting kind of beyond myself on that but all of the really all of the effects were really well done the flying was solid um everything was just really really solid on that um, i didn't see any any errors the shots were interesting too i mean you, you expect a certain amount of jump scares and you expect a certain amount of uh, uh, angles that are intended to put you ill at ease and to prep those jump scares or the other things. And there were those, but there were also a lot of interesting angles that they, they took the shots from uh, just, just uh, with the close-up shots when, when we're almost meant to make the, the viewer feel small in some, uh, in some points. Uh, uh, it, at least it seemed like to me. Um, or maybe that's the other th reason there's a lot of distance shots because it, you weren't supposed to feel like it was something that was happening in your, uh, in your area. It didn't, it was, this is something that's sort of be, being far away, if that makes sense. Uh, and I could be rambling at this point because it is late and that's when I like to record when I am at my least cognizant. Um, but all in all, I think the uh, I think the effects and the shots and everything were just done really, really well. Um, I thought some of the stuff could actually have been slowed down. I understand that the speed was part of the fear factor, but that sometimes was also distracting, and you just couldn't you couldn't register what was happening in such a way that it actually had an impact. Sometimes I thought that took away a little bit, um, but you know for the most part, just really solid, 17 out of 20 on that. Um, now we get to the plot and the writing. This is a lot of times where horror movies just, you know, die. Uh, I've, I've reviewed horror movies before and they haven't done real well. Um, and it's, and I'm picky. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it right out there. Horror movies a lot of times are, are meant to be the equivalent of uh, going to King's Island and riding the ride. You're not supposed to think about it. You're just supposed to experience the rush. No, that's not good enough for me. I need a plot that makes sense. I need characters that make sense. I need some development. I need something because it's that connection that can really rip at you when something happens. And I, I think that's where there's a lot of stuff that's missed on occasion. Now, because the guns are involved with this in, in, writing, uh, in writing this particular film, and of course James Gunn is one of the producers on the film, um, I was less worried about this going into it. I had a feeling that I was probably going to like it. Um, and really, they did a fantastic job. The story is tight. Yeah, there's not a lot of leeway um, for, for um, just getting lost in the muck. 
Um, it it had some problems. That, so I mean, since they're for the most part is just really good on on the writing, I'm just going to go over the issues that I had. Um, summing up the entire plot of the film in the first scene was kind of stupid. <clears throat> uh, at least I felt that it. It was too on the nose. Stupid is probably not fair. In fact, I guarantee it's not fair because, like I said, not doing well at late hours. But it immediately threw me out of the film. It's like, oh, some bees are predators and some bees are not predators. Oh, are you saying that you were sent to Earth so that your parents could raise you because you were the really first scene? Eh, that could have been left out. Let him show his intelligence don't give that as the plot away. Let the audience figure it out because that was just kind of a waste. Um, in addition to that, so he's top um, one-tenth of uh, 1% in intelligence. Okay, great. And they give a little bit of that, and they also give a little bit of his detachment from things to a certain extent. But they don't really build on any of the history. I know it's supposed to be kind of a twisting of the Superman story, but there's no, with with the exception of some garbled uh, verbal that he hears to bring him to the ship, there's really nothing about the aliens at all. He thinks he's translating part of it, but it could be him, it could be the aliens, maybe they wanted it to be vague. I don't think so. Um, the there's just not a lot of character development and it's hard hard to hard to really hard to really get either mad at the uh, villain of the piece or to empathize with him um, is he supposed to be somebody that's fighting to try and have that empathic and uh, empathic connection and then everything's just not going right. He makes one mistake and then it's just a compounded series of mistakes or is he just a sociopath that doesn't understand any better? The foundation is laid that it could go either way but they never really give that information. Not enough that you can make a, a conclusion which is kind of messy. Um, I, I have some issues with that. Um, also um, they very clearly give you the little hint that when he gets cut on the ship, oh, that's what can hurt him. Okay, that's fine. Um, and you kind of, you anybody that's seen this sort of stuff is knows where it's going. That's the key. That's how you're going to be able to defeat him. And, of course, she breaks off a small section of the ship to try and uh, hurt him with at the end of the movie and tries to be clever in order to get him in to be close enough and then try and stab him and, and he catches her. Okay. If she's clever enough and intelligent enough to do that, why try? You've already seen what he's capable of within the last scene of the movie. It's speed and flight and strength and durability and who knows what else. He is faster than you can see. I don't care how clever you think you're going to be. That is never going to work. Anybody with an ounce of sense is going to know this. If you're going to go full stop and try and be that clever and I need to kill this kid, he's a monster, um, that's not when you do it. You keep that thing in your back pocket and you go, 
you know what, we're going to make this all right, and I'm going to protect you. I realize I should have been doing that from the beginning, and you wait for him to fall asleep, and then you gut him then. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible thought process to go through, but if that's really the direction that you're going, and that's the way that you want to go with it, then that's the much smarter play, and it seems like that she would have been able to pull that off because... Um, she had to, and it, it just it seemed like the, the the other side of it. And yeah, I guess you could argue it, it's the heat of the moment, and she feels she doesn't have time. And what if it doesn't work, and all this other stuff? Nah, it, it's that I, I don't think so. I don't think that that holds water as a, a counter argument to that. It's it seemed like that the whole goal was for uh, it was important for the kid to win to have the darker ending, which is fine. I like that. Um, it just, it seemed like a cheesy way to try and rope the audience into thinking that maybe she's going to pull off the victory. No, no. If you're going to do it, if you're going to do it where the kid is going to win, you need to make it just not even close, not even give that hint. There is no chance, nothing. And I think that's a much stronger end. It may not play as positively with some people, but uh, I think it's, it's better writing. But that's nitpicking. I mean, it's all nitpicking. It, for the most part, the, the film was really, really fun, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and if that's really the only problems I had with it, that's, that's fairly strong. Um, but what did you think? That brings up a total of 79 for me. Where did it hit for you? Let us know in the forums. Uh, we will comment back if you comment in there or visit us on any of the social media platforms. We are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. We are at Pudding Guys on Facebook, at Pudding Guys on Instagram. And of course, we uh, have our, as I mentioned earlier, Patreon page. And you can come visit us there. Uh, until the next time, I hope you have a fantastic week. 